the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning, breaking news and talk you can trust. This is The Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Thanks for joining us. It is Thanksgiving week on your Monday morning answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, and we are grateful to have you join us bright and early, 6 o'clock club members, and uh, it's a short week for most people. Yes, it is, and we certainly hope it is for you. Uh, Take care of that... uh Echo that I was hearing earlier, gentlemen, that fixed it, but you can't hear it, can you, Jennifer? No, we, you sound so you sound good. I'll it's always to you. We'll chew like bubble gum and put it in the holes. A normal like conversation, <laughs> even though the audience should know. I'm hearing my own voice come back at me 17 times. That's like a dream for you, isn't it? Um, no, it's like every day when I talk to myself. <laughs> like a fever voice, dream, <laughs> like this. Um, Thanksgiving. Hopefully, hopefully, it's a nice uh, four-day weekend for most. Uh, so, if you have a short week, you're a platinum member of the six o'clock club here at the Morning Answer. We're off to it with no. No shortage of important information to disseminate here on a Monday. Let's start with uh, something kind of strange that I think caught the eye of many who are looking and paying attention to uh, the 2020 election and the aftermath, the legal challenges by the Trump 2020 campaign over the weekend. President Trump's legal team shocked a lot of supporters, me included, when they distanced themselves from attorney Sidney Powell. They did that. You were so excited about it. I still am, by the way. But I'm very curious about this move. So on Sunday night, they said that she did not. They released a statement that said she did not represent the president, either as part of the team or in his personal capacity. This was a statement attributed to Rudy Giuliani and Trump's legal advisor, Jenna Ellis. The team said, quote, Sidney Powell is practicing law on her own. She is not a member of the Trump legal team. She is also not a lawyer for the president in his personal capacity. A source uh, that is familiar with this said that the team had hoped to work with her, but that her public claims have gone beyond the scope of evidence that they have seen and that they believed could be proven in court. She's pursuing a theory right now about Dominion voting systems. And the governor. Don't forget the governor. She accused the governor. uh, Governor Garth, is it? Uh, uh, The governor of... uh, Chris Christie. I watched Chris Christie yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, she said uh, that I believe it was uh, Sidney. He said Sidney Powell, and uh, made reference to the accusations of a crime against a sitting governor. Was she was asked then invited on television to present her evidence, and of course did not do that. Christie, on a larger point, was very critical of the Trump election legal team, saying it's time for the president to concede, and specifically for the lawyers handling the case. He says they make outside of the courtroom accusations of fraud, etc. But when they get in the courtroom, they don't do that because because they don't have the evidence. That's why it was dismissed. Uh, a federal judge dismissed the one case out of Pennsylvania. Uh, interesting to note. Well, that they are challenging that they're they're going to restart that case up again. They're going to um, uh, to challenge that starting today. There's also a hand recount that is being requested again in the state of Georgia. There's also certification that may or may not happen in the state of Michigan. So uh, legal challenges and certain things still going on. But I think this really stunned people. Attorney. 
Sidney Powell released a second statement late right. on Sunday after Rudy Giuliani in response to Trump's legal team saying that she was not on the team. Now, this is what she said. The president she, himself said in a tweet weeks back that she is on the team. Well, he was tweeting a lot of her information that she's sending out. I don't know if he specifically said she was on his team because she's not on the payroll of that of the of the RNC particularly. But, right. quote, Sidney Powell is practicing law on her own. She's not a member of the Trump legal team. We found that out. Powell responded saying, I understand today's press release. I will continue to represent we the people who had their votes for Trump and other Republicans stolen by massive fraud through Dominion and Smartmatic, and we will be filing suit soon. The chips will fall where they may, and we will defend the foundations of this great republic. Hashtag Kraken on steroids. Over the weekend, Sidney Powell making some really serious claims, and uh, she said that she feels that this is actually going much further than just President Trump, that this is something part of a greater scheme. Take a listen to Sidney Powell over the weekend. But you have to realize how many forces, including many in the government, have benefited from this system. They knew it worked the way it worked, and they used it to install the people they wanted to stall in particular offices. I think the fraud in the election goes much farther than just the president. I think they did it to John James. I think they did it to Leon Benjamin. I think they did it to any particularly strong Republican candidate this time around. Uh, We've got data from 2016 out of California that shows that Hillary Clinton did it to Bernie Sanders there. And then when people told him about it, instead of exposing it, he sold out. Mm. When we played her on the air last week, Jennifer, Mm -hmm. do you remember I probably off the air and I think I probably said something on the air about her sounding a little out there. Uh, yeah, well, I think her claims are certainly uh, they are out there, and but that's why she is a really. I mean, she's a very well respected attorney. So this is why mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily deny some of these claims. I think it's interesting, and I'm I'm curious to know. And it's six o'clock club time eight five five seven eight five eight two five five. What the strategy here might be in the distancing because Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis had a press conference with Sidney Powell last week. Sidney Powell has not really lost any credibility. Rudy Giuliani hasn't said that what she's saying isn't true, but that she is no longer or has never been part of the Trump legal team. So that frees her up to maybe pursue things all on her own. And Jenna Ellis, the aforementioned Jenna Ellis, who uh, is, uh, I believe, runs the Office of Legal Counsel for the president's campaign, uh, President Trump's reelection campaign. The reason we're talking about it is because there's still a refusal to concede the election. Uh, Georgia did not go his way, but he will be paying, apparently, to count five million votes by hand, count them a third time. So uh, we'll wait on that. Uh, Ms. Ellis was the one who wrote the letter saying that the Trump team disavows itself from any association with Sidney Powell. Yeah, and she, she's she been the one who worked for the RNC for a long time. Yep. She is uh, kind of handling the more administrative task, Rudy Giuliani, more of the spokesperson for the campaign. Sidney Powell making well, for uh, the, the case, legal effort of the campaign. Making the campaign, the, the case, not the campaign, over the weekend. <laughs> but it well, kind of is a campaign. The state of Georgia, obviously yesterday, you know, the governor there, he um, certified the election for Joe Biden. It's about 12,000 votes. And what you see... Will Georgia switch? Yeah, that's a total farce. Uh, Georgia's probably going to be the first state I'm going to blow up, and uh, Mr. Kemp and the Secretary of State need to go with it because they're in on the Dominion scam with their last-minute purchase or award of a contract to Dominion of $100 million. The State Bureau of Investigation for Georgia ought to be looking into the financial benefits received by Mr. Kemp and 
and uh, the Secretary of State's family about that time. And another benefit Dominion was created to award is what I would call election insurance. That's why Hugo Chavez had it created in the first place. But I also wonder where he got the technology, where it actually came from, because I think it's hammer and scorecard from the CIA. Now, we'll hear one more clip from Sidney Powell, who over the weekend said she is going to file a criminal fraud case in Pennsylvania. And Dominion, for their part, has been uh, really backing out. There have been a lot of questions about their integrity as a company. And what's making a lot of people question them and their motivation is that they had the opportunity to defend themselves in court in Pennsylvania. And they've been backing out. Sidney Powell believes that they are trying to get rid of documents and shredding the evidence. This is what she said this weekend. Sidney Powell, I want you to react to something that this Republican senator from Pennsylvania, Pat Toomey, just said in reaction to uh, the district court judge's decision. The district court judge is someone who's very close to Pat Toomey. Senator Toomey says that President Trump has now, quote, exhausted all plausible legal options to challenge the result of the presidential race in Pennsylvania. Is that true? No, that's not true at all. Can you explain why the senator's wrong? begun to fight. Can you explain, though, why is the senator wrong? Well, he's wrong because Pennsylvania was one of the hotbeds of many varieties of fraud and criminal acts that the Department of Justice, frankly, should be in there prosecuting. And we're going to dump a whole lot of them into evidence in our fraud case that we're going to file in Pennsylvania. Well, there uh, that is uh, Sidney Powell. The uh, Now, uh, if she ever was on the team, there's uh, differing comments coming from the Trump, from President Trump himself and, and from members of the team. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie over the weekend uh, said the Trump legal team, the election lawyers are, quote, a national embarrassment. Christie adding it's time to concede. We want to take some phone calls from six o'clock club members. I want you to hear this uh, report this morning. Most Republicans in Congress have been reluctant to suggest that President Trump concede the election to Biden. They argue that it's best to let Trump expend his legal options before they apply too much pressure. This from uh, this from NPR. That pressure has been building and it could be about to go bust this week with key states. And you know this, Jennifer, having their certifying uh, dates up and the vote totals and, and the tallies need to be made official. Right, because we know the strategy is now not necessarily getting President Trump to 270. It's about making, uh, it's about raising the irregularities and the questions that are happening and in these states that got, right, subtracting that got Joe from Biden, Biden to 270, right. So, or to 269. Well, exactly. So they want to, uh, they want to take those states out of the comms. And the question for the courts, and it'll be really argued out this week, is whether the irregularities were widespread enough to impact the outcome to erase Joe Biden's lead in in at least three of the six battleground states that are being contested. Now, uh, the president is using not only his legal team, Sidney Powell be working on the outskirts of that as well. Looks like, is this Thana in Studio City? Good morning, Thana. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Oh, I'm we Thana, don't we? Uh, is that, uh, are we saying your name right, Thana? Uh, it's Thano. Thano, okay. Oh, I don't Thanks. hear the caller. Yeah. Oh, well, my, we my need to get Brian the caller. And Unless <laughs> Thano would choose to have a conversation with you and me excluded. <laughs> We're working right on now, it. Okay, well, you guys go ahead and start. <laughs> All right, Thano, you're on the morning answer. So what do you make of this move? Pretty stunning for a lot of Trump supporters, Sidney Powell being uh, kind of pushed to the side by Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis. Okay, I will answer that, but just give me about three seconds to make a quick statement. I think that Kelly Loeffler needs to lose about 
six inches from her hair. And, uh, <laughs> wow, catty this early in the morning. I cannot tolerate that, that hair on a woman of her age, and she's cute. She's a nice-looking woman. But It's funny, uh, you say up. this, a man says this about a woman's hair, all the while she's standing next to Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> who's oozing <laughs> mascara no, 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 and hair dye. Kelly Loeffler, the senator oh, who's okay, talking about from Georgia. Oh. All right, so now enough about uh, <laughs> Kelly Loeffler's style, Thano. What do you make of the Trump legal team? I'm extremely disappointed the way things have turned out. I'm a big fan of Sidney Powell. She's the only one who kept uh, General Flynn from this maniacal prosecution right. by the uh, Obama administration, and uh, she definitely handled that case. Uh, I don't know what's the, if it's been resolved finally, and they've finally gotten off the back of uh, Flynn, but I know that that judge, Sullivan, had a, a, a death grip on Flynn, didn't want to let it go, and hired a lawyer to, con- to represent him in court so he could continue harassing Flynn. So Sidney Powell gave Flynn a great defense, and I think she's on to something. Thano, thank you. Thank you for that. And I understand uh, that there is some disappointment uh, for sure, but I think Sidney Powell might be freed up. This might be strategic. We will continue to follow that story, 855-785-8255. Plus, uh, the Georgia governor in the hot seat will tell you why as your Monday Morning Answer continues. Every morning, breaking news and talk you can trust. This is The Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Thanks for joining us on your Monday morning answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer yes. Horn. And uh, gosh, it's Thanksgiving week already. This year has gone by so slowly, yet so quickly at the same time. We've been in this weird COVID mind meld. But here we are finding ourselves at the beginning of the holiday season. Let yes. us be the first to wish you a happy Thanksgiving this yes. week. Yeah. Yes, and and let's uh, and let's uh, well later on we'll talk to you about your feelings about this Thanksgiving and and because it's going to be a different Thanksgiving than any that has happened before I think for just about every family in America. Yeah, and and uh, it, it happens. At least that's what the, the government locally would like it to see. Not well, quite I don't the know, same feeling. I don't know if they desire to see it that way because look, politicians usually want voters happy because they get reelected and. Uh, but uh, this is very unfortunate. Except for people, except in California, where people are actually miserable and they still vote for the same people over people, and over well, and over. I and think over people again. who live in California live here primarily. Uh, they come here for all the reasons people come. Uh, California dreaming, right? Yeah. Um, it's going to be. What an did interesting... you say last week? They come for the weather's day for the Marxists. Is that what it was? No. That... Well, actually, what I said. Thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> I said come for. Did I say weather or so? I said weather. I think it was weather. Yeah, I said to Stephen Moore, I said, come for the weather, stay for the Marxism. Yeah, we need to make bumper stickers on that for sure. Oh, really? Did you like that one? that was a good line. I like it. I think it's very true, and uh, and I appreciate it. Okay, and then we'll put it in a promo. Former Vice President Joe Biden is looking to announce some of his cabinet picks this week, and one of them is catching a little bit of attention. Tony Blinken is being floated as his Secretary of State if he is sworn into office on January the 20th. Tony Blinken is uh, someone who is a bit controversial because he served as Deputy Secretary of State, Deputy National Security Advisor under President Obama, and he's been a New York Times opinion writer and a global affairs analyst for CNN. In that capacity is where he supported the idea of Russia collusion, which we know now is maybe one of the biggest hoaxes that well, we don't the government know that. has. Well, we do know because, I mean, everything that has come out has shown that the FBI went down this path 
path with zero evidence. They based an entire three-year investigation using lots of taxpayer money, ruining people's lives because of a dossier that they knew was fake and a piece of opposition research okay. that was purchased I, from Hillary Clinton. I think the I think uh, the report that uh, came forward and the and the although the president was. Uh, was impeached but acquitted in the Senate trial. I think a lot of open-ended uh, uh, questions are there. We talked about well, that Well, the, the impeachment time. was based on his conversation with Ukraine. Remember, for three right. years prior to that phone call with the Ukrainian president, it was about how he had colluded with Russia, that there was no way he was a legitimate president because it, Russia had somehow cheated on uh, his behalf and and got him elected to office. So that was floated. Say- and by the way, floated by the highest levels of government that weaponized law enforcement to go out after members of the Trump campaign and caused the president uh, years of trouble. I think his output would have been even greater had uh, people not tried to take him down at every turn. And when he called him out, remember, he said people are spying on me and he actually ended up being right. Um, Well, people on the left just laughed about it. Okay, let's talk about the new president of the United States, President-elect Biden, who is uh, who is coming forward with. Antony, like Romeo and Antony, right? Uh, no, uh, Antony and Cleopatra, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, Secretary of State, he's thought to be Jennifer, the person poised to be nominated by President-elect Joe Biden. For Biden, uh, Blinken has been a longtime foreign policy advisor, and Biden's making his first round of cabinet announcements Tuesday. Incoming White House Chief of Staff, we talked about this on Friday, Ron Klain, said yesterday that Biden intended to begin revealing members of his cabinet tomorrow, Tuesday. But uh, we got Blinken apparently. Well, I guess formal announcement will come tomorrow. Tuesday's the day that Joe Biden is set to make these announcements, but there is some question about Blinken and what he represents. Not only does he represent the the like the craziest scheme that was, I think, hatched in my lifetime, at least. I was not alive for Kennedy. I think there was a lot to be said for that. But to try to take down a duly elected president, I think it, it was pretty awful to watch unfold. And this is someone who supported it. That aside, we can even put that aside for a while, knowing that he is kind of part of that traditional Obama foreign policy circle that I think a lot of people are going to question in the coming years. Softer on China, softer on Iran. It'll be interesting to see how the American people consume this if they pay enough attention to some of these picks. Jen Psaki, who has been a spokesperson for, well, was for Obama at the State Department and is back over the weekend speaking on behalf of the Biden camp. She talked about these appointments and whether or not they would be easily approved if indeed Republicans keep the majority in the Senate. I understand you haven't nominated anyone yet, but do you have concerns that Senate Republicans are going to block key members of the Biden cabinet from being confirmed? Well, I'll say first, Jake, I'm not sure Senator Tom Cotton is going to be our bar here for, um, you know, approval of our of our nominees or reaction to our nominees. There are a number of Republicans who have come out this week who have said they would support experienced and qualified nominees. I, that's exactly those are exactly the kind of people who Joe Biden is going to announce and nominate this week and in the weeks to come. And he spent a lot of time making decisions over the uh, last week. So there'll be some this week. I expect there'll be some the week of following that. Uh, And, you know, I I think beyond that, Jake, we're facing a pandemic, as you've been talking about. Thousands of people have died from COVID over the last few weeks. We have a recession. There are crises across the country. Joe Biden needs people in place, needs cabinet nominees to help support him moving this agenda forward. We don't need a fabricated crisis in the Senate. And I don't think that the American people are going to tolerate that if there's a refusal to move forward with qualified nominees. I think that uh, it's a 
maybe obvious, but well, it's obvious to us because we follow this stuff all the time. The first two names out of President-elect Biden, oh, what a shock, Jack, out of his mouth have been uh, Ron Klain and Antony Blinken, two people who Biden not only knows very well, but has worked for a long time with. Right. So, so it, it appears as if at the top of his desire or wish list are people that he's comfortable with and that he's worked with for a long well, time. Well, and I think, look, I, I understand that you want to bring people around that you're comfortable with, but are you missing the mark? First of all, these choices are alienating um, some of the far left energy in his own party. That's number one. Number two, the reason that Hillary Clinton did not become president is not because of Russia, as Tony Blinken would have you believe, but the reason is, is that Obama's administration missed the mark. They missed the mark with a lot of people who felt forgotten and they felt like Washington, D.C. had turned into As a swamp. As the Trump administration is, did. That's why he lost on election best, day. Is the best move to bring back those same swamp creatures that maybe provided Americans uh, some question. And that is, in terms of China, in terms of Iran, we'll see. And uh, we'll see how it all sets with the American people. Lynn in, Anna, Lynn in Anaheim. Hi, Lynn. You're on The Morning Answer, Brian and Jen. Hey, guys, good morning. Thank you for all you do. Yeah, you know, you were asking about Sydney. Um, I, th- I think it's strategic. Uh, what, what not, not too many people are talking about, Brian and Jen, um, that December 18th is a target date for the Trump um, EO. You know, I know the executive order, 13848, which basically states that um, the director of intelligence at DNI, which is John Ratcliffe, and mm-hmm. he's, no, he's no slouch, uh, he, it simply reads, imposing certain sanctions event of foreign interference in the U.S. election. Sydney's going for the long ball. That's what I agree, too, and that's why I think they're separating her from uh, the government. Len, Len, thanks so much for the phone call. Happy Thanksgiving to you. As we continue, Mm. a very prominent person sitting in quarantine today. Yes. Mm, We'll tell you who that person might be and how he might impact your Thanksgiving as your Monday morning answer continues. Every morning, breaking news and talk you can trust. This is The Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Thanks for joining us. Thanksgiving week here on The Morning Answer. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours from all of us here at AM 870, The Answer, AM 590, The Answer. And from that guy right there, yeah. Blue Eyes, I call. Oh, wait, no, that was Frank, that was Frank Sinatra. Sinatra. He has, uh, he's, uh, he and I are very different people. He has a, a whole lot of talent. <laughs> oh, and I stop have it. Barely detectable. Let me say Please. this. Uh, as we always say, to you and yours, from all and us. From usins. Usins here at the Morning Answer. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk more about this, uh, well, I have to say it, unprecedented Thanksgiving celebration or maybe not with, uh, you know, with uh, maybe it's just you and your household. I think that's how Gavin Newsom would like it. Gavin Newsom spending a lot of time alone. He's in quarantine. Governor Newsom and his family are quarantining after three of his children. I understand Gavin Newsom and his wife, uh, Jennifer. They have, that's his wife's name. I Mm -hmm. I wasn't addressing my lovely partner who I usually call Jen, although I call you Jennifer a lot. When I'm in trouble. (laughs) I call you Jennifer Catherine when you're in trouble. Kathleen. I always get it wrong. When you call it Jennifer Catherine, I don't answer usually. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, back to Governor Newsom, who is Someone, in quarantine today. Yeah, the first thing I heard was that one of one of his, uh, I believe, sons came into contact maybe with somebody at school. But here's what we're hearing. Uh, three of his children were exposed to someone who tested positive for the coronavirus, his office said. Newsom, his wife, and four children. How about this? Four kids between four and 11. Yikes. All 
thank goodness, tested negative for the virus yesterday, according to a spokesman for the governor. Newsom was notified Friday evening that a California Highway Patrol member who had contact with three of his children later tested positive for COVID-19. The CHP provides security for Newsom, so the officers are always around the governor and around his family. They said Newsom and his wife, Jennifer Seibel Newsom, Uh I believe, uh, did not have contact with the officer, but just out of that abundance of caution that we've heard about all 2020, uh, Gavin Newsom and the whole family in quarantine for, what, 14 days? Yeah. So who's going to host Newsom at noon? I actually call call a white flag on this place. Dare I say? I do, Governor. I do. They're making it up, Jennifer? Well, here's the deal. Ay, ay, ay. It is... I was talking with one of our producers on this program. It's yeah, very, which is no better than very talking. convenient. Yeah, because Newsom's been having um, he's been having a couple of weeks that have been pretty tough, and uh, I so don't was think Trump. he's you think hating. He faked, you think Trump faked his COVID? I think they're much different types of politicians. Uh, I think yeah, Gavin Newsom wants to wants to hide away uh-huh. and uh, i mean he got in trouble look he had the court strike down his power to issue executive orders he had ch- the court a- struck down uh, his right to roll out universal mail-in ballot this guy thinks he's the king he implemented a curfew which by the way congrats to you we all broke this weekend breaking covid curfew was a hashtag that was trending at least with the morning answer in Actually, our circle we broke it now it went into effect on saturday night yeah we, but we went broke it there- for la county on friday and I did it again on Saturday. And but I thought it didn't go into effect until Saturday night in so, L.A. County. L.A. County was Friday night. Rest of California was Saturday. And I will be oh. true confession time. Yeah. I broke it all three days. <laughs> uh, Take that, I, Gavin. I just uh, went to a restaurant in the neighborhood and uh, got. Uh, you were getting mozzarella sticks. which well, I, I, wanna... took, I took a lot of footage because, yeah. uh, you know, the idea was to, to, to uh, record it digitally on your phone. And uh, then I, I did. I edited it together to make it uh, 45 seconds long so that our Twitter folks could see it. And we saw all of you guys, by the way, the ones that tagged us you in your guys were, you guys and were your great. Facebook. So keep this up because uh, there's well, a group of I people don't... protesting in Huntington Beach. Look, keep it up. You go outside, you hit that front yard like I did on Friday night. You take a picture of yourself, hashtag breaking COVID curfew, and then tag us if you'd like, Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. We're not telling you to go like break into anything because we're going to tell you all establishments are going to be closed. But if you're out there in that front yard... You happen to be out there. You're and enjoying your freedom. After, happens to be after the curfew time. You let us know. Yeah. Now, uh, L.A. County is, and this news broke yesterday, suspending outdoor dining at restaurants. This is a travesty. It is, as coronavirus surges. And a devastating blow to L.A.'s struggling restaurant and hospitality industry. L.A. County public health officials yesterday announced they will suspend outdoor dining at restaurants amid a surge of new coronavirus cases now i want you to hear about the surge here uh, that they're they're talking about because it is significant it certainly is significant the surge the numbers it's kind of scary here's what it is for la county officials earlier warned jennifer that if the five-day average number of coronavirus cases is four thousand or more or if hospitalizations surpass one thousand seven hundred fifty per day all outdoor and indoor dining will be prohibited. Uh, why dining and dining, it seems to be, you know, it's because where people gather, but there are other places where people gather. And uh, anyway, I just, the fi- I think this the, is anyway, so the fi- silly. The, the five-day case average 
reached 4,097 on Sunday. That's 4,097. If masks work and social new, distancing works and all of the closures, work. Work, if it, it, obviously it doesn't because no, it people works. are doing all of that and the caseload is still rising. Here's, so if we're going to uh, follow the science, we have to be right. pretty clear about it. I don't think uh, shutting down outdoor dining is going to help anybody. In fact, it's ad- going to send anybody, it's going to send everybody to the poorhouse. I haven't advocated. Uh, I'm against what, what, what they've done. But I will say this to you. Um, as I've said for years here on this program, became kind of a, of a, uh, a phrase often used. Two things can happen at once. It's true that the cases are numbers are soaring, certainly in California and across America. Something more needs to be done to protect people and to protect others. So what is that? What I'm telling you is the second thing that also is, can be true is the fact that science and doctors assert that the masks are helpful and the social distancing is helpful. But we all know it's not enough. We all know that we feel like we're back in the springtime now here in the autumn in a very long 2020. And all the stuff we did, even at the time, remember they said social distancing. Here's the line we used on the morning answer. Seems to have spared us here in California the worst part of the New York experience. Okay, so these things seem to work, but obviously but they're not. they don't they don't they do work. The mass work I'm not gonna argue with science and doctors, but they don't work to the level. Some other things must be happening. Something about the virus, something about the way people are conducting themselves, something about all of it. And I can't wait for the vaccines. Gosh, let's get them over here. December the eleventh or twelfth is supposed to be the date but when they start available them to out. most Americans until twenty twenty one, maybe this time autumn next year. I just say that uh that, you know the mask can work and can be helpful, but something more needs to be done. And I say, imagine. What... I just don't know what that is. Like keep people in a bubble inside their home so that we're all dead because of the economy. I can't tell you. I, I don't know if you have the Citizen app. I think you do. And we talk, I got talked rid of about that it. Thing. Well, all I know is that <laughs> there were shootings on that thing all weekend long. They always and put homic- shootings on there. Homicides are up 300% in L.A. County. Now, this is not by mistake. This is because people are being trapped at home, because people are feeling desperate, because the economy is going to start tanking. I was out to dinner last night with for my dad. My dad's birthday was yesterday. Yeah, did you have a nice birthday? Happy birthday, daddy. Yes, we had a great time. Good. I was thinking about you guys. So we went out for outdoor dining. At the end of the seventh ray, I'll give them a shout out. It's fantastic. It is such by a the beautiful way, place. One of my this, favorite restaurants in Southern California. For so sure. you know, this ban on indoor dining that Jen and I have been speaking about takes effect Wednesday. And uh, they announced it yesterday. And so I said, gosh, outdoor I'm so dining. sorry that you are having – when our waitress came over, I said, I'm so sorry that you guys are going to be shut down. She said, it is so mean. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, restaurants have ordered all of their Thanksgiving food, Brian. Oh, what is that going to do? You're going to have people who are, by the way, homeless and living on the streets, have sitting there starving to death while you've got restaurants that are literally going to be throwing food into the trash because L.A. County made this decision to try to prevent us from having Thanksgiving. I, it's a horrible, look, you horrible You can be safe and situation. wear the mask if you want to, but if they've been selling us a bill of goods in this state for nine over nine months now, then we should be seeing zero in the number department. The numbers are still rising because guess what? This is a terrible virus. People are going to still get sick no matter what the government says that they're going to do. So to keep you from your family, to keep businesses from being open, to have restaurants literally throwing thousands and thousands of dollars worth of food into the trash can because they can't be open? I know restaurateurs. Disgraceful. I I believe most of them will not do what you 
presume they'll do. I believe most of them will, will send that food uh, to food banks. It's not going to help think... their bottom line. And it's, no, no, it's no, no, no. But you're not talking. I know. I know. It, 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 but don't suggest they're going to throw it in the dumpster. I know too many restaurateurs who give it to. This restaurant is going to try to, in at the seventh ray, is going to call all of their people who have reservations on Thursday and ask them if they would like to come in on Wednesday or at least take some of their food out. That's a good idea to try to salvage some of that. It's terrible what's happening to Should restaurateurs. Should not be happening. It's terrible when I got my um, melon skeeched and got my buzz cut last week. Uh, that's a that's a salon, if you can believe. I go to that. that. That had been closed, and I saw the woman. I hadn't seen her since March. I just said to her, I looked at her. The first thing I said was, I'm so sorry. It's brutal. All right. Uh, all eyes on the Georgia Senate raise. But a fly in the ointment for one of the Republican candidates will tell you what that is as your Monday morning answer continues. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Jen is the conservative crusader. Brian is our lovable liberal. Welcome to The Answer. Thanks for joining us on your Monday Morning Answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, happy Thanksgiving to all of you and all eyes on the state of Georgia where they just certified their election results. President Trump is asking, and uh, by the way, within his legal right, because it he'll was have in to such pay a, for, They'll have to pay for this one. There is a tight margin which allows him to request that additional hand recount in the state of Georgia. But there's also, the, also two Senate the, races going on. Yeah, let's get to the Senate races, but uh, important point. Uh, the Georgia recount that we talked about that the Secretary of State there had called for, which was paid for by the government, by the taxpayers, uh, that was uh, that, that is a, a win for Joe Biden. Now, the president, I don't think the margin matters as long as he pays for it, and he will pay for it. And it's about three million votes are going to be counted for a third time. Yeah, there there is some rule in Georgia where you have to be uh, close, I believe. Oh, to even the, pay for it? To, yeah, after okay. the certification. Okay. So if you want to do one, I think before the certification, I think you can pay for it. But there was something about the margin, which is 12,670 votes yes, in a state uh, the size of Georgia. That is a very, very tight margin. And so that is going on. Uh, it will start up this week. Georgia Senator Kelly Loeffler, who uh, ran and didn't quite make it, she she won the well, – she was running against three people, and here's what happens. Republicans do this in California all the time. I love Doug, Doug Collins. We saw him of impeachment fame, Doug Collins. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I called him Tom Collins, I believe. That's right. <laughs> that's the uh, 80s drink. But oh, It's a mixer. They, um, there were three people running in the Senate race in this particular for this particular Senate seat. And so Doug Collins and Kelly Loeffler split votes, and that prevented her from reaching a majority. She was running against Raphael Warnock, who uh, in the state of Georgia, by the way, you need 50% plus one. Right. Warnock, I think, actually performed a little better than Kelly Loeffler singly, but of course she had Doug Collins in that race as well. So Senator Loeffler is quarantining after she tested positive for COVID. COVID-19. When did she test positive? uh, Over the weekend, but then she took another test and it was inconclusive. I guess she isn't having any symptoms. So she tested positive, retested again, and both came back negative. So right now I think she's just kind of quarantining. She's wise. She's wise to do that. 
Yeah, but it, because and here's false the thing. positives, false positives, as you and I learned, are far less common or frequent than false negatives. Like we saw with with the presidential race. And remember, President Trump had to be sidelined for for 12 days. The Kamala Harris was sidelined for about 10 days because of someone that she came into contact to with her campaign. This is not the time when you want to be off of the campaign trail, when you're less than, well, you're about a month and a week away from a Senate runoff which you know is going to have the attention of the country. It's going to have a lot of money from uh, outside your own state coming in, and uh, you're going to have a lot of activists working against you. You don't want to be sidelined at this particular time if you're Kelly Loeffler. Uh, that's right. Excuse me, Jennifer. I, I, I... Got a little froggy. So do I yeah. today. Uh, Republican Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue are the two Republicans against Democratic challengers, respectively, uh, Raphael Warnock and John, who is running his ass off. John Ossoff. <laughs> That's right. You remember him, right? The career uh, politician who does yes, run. Who, who does, okay. as a white man, uh, Barack Obama impression. If you ever listen to John Ossoff, he, uh, that's what he does. But you probably can't find him because that Ossoff is, is running hard. So <laughs> let, hear this. According, the mathematics dictate that the state of Georgia, the peach state, as they call it, will actually, because they have, which is not typical, it's rather odd, But it's the calendar and because of special elections and things like that. They have two and they have had two Georgia Senate, U.S. Senate races from Georgia going on. The state of Georgia, the voters there will decide basically the balance of power in the U.S. Senate. Yeah. And uh, this is really important. So Republicans need to win at least one of the seats to uh, stay in charge of the Senate. Democrats would have to win. Well, you're okay because we know Ossoff will lose his race. (laughs) He loses. What will he lose? His Ossoff. Thank you. <laughs> He'll run his Ossoff campaign. <laughs> right. But we, we don't know truly who is going to come out on top because you have a lot of money that's being uh, funneled into the state. You have a lot of celebrities also who are trying to put their power behind it. Now, whether or not celebrities have an impact on a Senate race like this one, it's unclear. But high-powered politicians who are visiting will. But think, uh, listen to these names that have already thrown in money and uh, their celebrity star power. Jason Bateman, Mandy Moore, Patricia. Arquette, Bradley Whitford, they're all donors to Ossoff's campaign, Leonardo DiCaprio, Mark Ruffalo, Joaquin Phoenix, they're all backing Warnock's campaign. Will Smith gave money to a group that is helping both Democrats. So you have a a George Clooney, another one, that are going to be trying to entice people. Now, whether that works in the state of Georgia, I don't know. I'm not one that thinks that celebrities offer a whole lot of power. Ultimately, certainly they raise awareness, but I don't think they're persuasive to the average I don't know how many people go, oh, sh- Taylor Swift's voting oh, for Well, I she, she Warnock, taught me so. to shake it off, and I <laughs> felt better after I took her uh, psychological advice, so I'm going to vote for the Dem- – I don't think that happens. <laughs> now, these celebrities you mentioned, and some of them are AAA, AAA-list celebrities. None of them, I don't think – Maybe very few of them are actually going physically to the state of Georgia. Some They're of just, them will, actually. Okay. Some of but them all will. are sending money. All are sending money right now. Some will. And Georgia is a, a lot different right now. Whether or not you believe there was some fraud at play, and there is an accusation that there was a last-minute deal with Dominion that could have influenced the outcome of the election. Still, it has to have Republicans concerned that this isn't just a give-me anymore. Vice President Mike Pence was in the state of Georgia over the weekend, and he There's was campaigning for both Purdue and Loeffler. To be in the peach state. I think you all know the stakes in this election. (laughs) The choice in this election has never been clearer. 
Where David Perdue and Kelly Leffler stand for a strong national defense. Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff are going to cut our national defense to fund their big government programs. Don't you doubt it for a minute. A couple weeks before the election, Democrats in Washington were already talking about deep cuts in our national defense to fund their new big government projects. And Raphael Warnock has demeaned our military. He repeatedly has defended anti-Semitic rhetoric and even ridiculed our most cherished ally, Israel. Mike Pence bringing it in Georgia over the weekend there. He, of course, uh, hey, you know, uh, knock off two birds with one stone, right? And you can go there, or they'll phrase, kill two birds with one stone. You can go there and take two things off your to-do list. I want a candidate. I want a campaign for one Senate candidate and for the other. Guess what? They're both in Georgia, and one rally affects both candidates. That's right. Now, historically, in runoff elections, the GOP will usually gain ground. That's according to... In Georgia? In Georgia. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. in the state of Georgia, the right, GOP that... will usually gain ground when elections go to runoffs. That's typically what we've seen historically in the state. So I wonder what voter registration in the state of Georgia we should. Well, I mean, we've been dealing with so many states and so many votes and so many different areas, regions, districts with different uh, party affiliation registrants. And I mean, regis- people registered to vote. Um, my my thought would be that there's probably more Republicans, but that could very well have changed um it, it's uh, atlanta which i spent a lot of time in earlier in my life for business stuff is a very diverse city they call it the new york of the south i mean they really do atlanta is a very diverse city uh you saw the popularity of stacy abrams uh in and she's Georgia. the one who really after uh, although she never accepted her loss i think she still <laughs> i mean she had questions about the the vote system in the state of georgia but in the interim between her election when yeah. she was running for governor and today she went out and formed a huge registration unit and she went yep. out and registered close to a million voters and did good in the work. state of georgia so did effective work uh so republicans are going to have to match that up you know that's what republicans in california did and i think republicans are going to have to do what california republicans have attempted to do in the last two years and that is up voter registrations. It's what the RNC really focused on in the state of Florida. And we saw that that worked out very well for President Trump, who didn't just win the state, but he won it pretty handily. And he picked up a lot of Latino votes, the votes that people may not have expected to go to Trump because the outreach was there from Republicans. That's what Stacey Abrams did for Democrats in Georgia. And I think this is going to be the new game is getting people involved and registered. Yep. Well, always, 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 always. You can't get them out to vote if they're not registered to That's vote. That's right. An update on uh, election heist. Is it a heist or is it time for President Trump to uh, to give it up? We'll discuss as your Monday morning answer continues.